0: Welcome back, folks, to Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore and we're part for the second hour of our show this evening. We still have, well, Double N is still here. He is watching. That game has just kicked off right now. So no score so far? No. No No score. That's good. Okay. There's only a couple of minutes gone, two and a half minutes gone. They haven't even caught their first breath yet. So we're going to go off in just a few minutes to Alex B. But before we do, um, the big news today, big breaking news today, Alec Kononov, the Spartak head coach, was fired after his club's 2-1 loss today at home to Orenburg. Um, as we've already discussed, we've all kind of thought who could be the next uh, coach, of course. Uh, Andrew Flint is pushing for Chachesov. I'm thinking Roy Keane. Um, you said Corban? Yeah, I think Corban Berdif. Okay, Berdif, okay, yep. for for you. Um, Dari. who do you think should take over? Okay, not Massimo, you can't say if it's massive or not, but who, who do you think should take over at Spartak?
1: Well, to be honest, well, I won't tell you the name, but I think, well, it has to be a man for, well, fit for the job because uh, being a coach for Spartak Moscow is uh, is a challenge, first of all, uh, because, uh, well, because of all the pressure, because of all the, um, from the fans, because of all the pressure from the media, because of all the pressure from the history that Spartak has. So it has to be someone, someone brave, uh, someone ready to face the challenge. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone uh, with some big name, because, well, with big name, there, is all the, there also come uh, lots of expectations. Okay.
0: So not Mourinho or something like that.
1: Well, I, I won't. I won't tell you the name, as I said. But uh, oh. well, it has to be. It has to be someone. Someone ready for a challenge.
0: Okay, I still think Roy Keane, but that's me. Uh, <laughs> some of our listeners are agreeing that Roy Keane is good. Um, and then we have one. Maureen, you actually was written like uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Your number ends with two, three, nine and whoever it is I don't there's no name on the screen just the end of your number sorry and you have said that it would be Mourinho you should be Mourinho okay all right. so we're going to go across to Ontario and we're going to have a chat with Alex B because um, I know is going to stay with us but we're going to ask Alex B just what's happening in, in the Major League Baseball because it is playoff time correct Alex B? Howdy howdy
2: howdy oh yeah it is it is playoff time and um the teams that we're looking at is the Twins, the Yankees, the Rays and the Oakland A's, the Astros, the Cardinals, the Braves, the Brewers, the Nationals and the L.A. Dodgers.
0: That's quite a lineup. There's like, I mean, some of the teams there, like who right now is being tipped to go all the way to the World Series? Well, I mean, World Series being played between America and Canada, but let's, 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 let's leave it at that. But who, who is reckoned to uh,
2: take home the title? Um, I'm gonna take a, an uneducated guest and I'm gonna go with the Oakland Maze because I'm a huge fan of Moneyball. Oh, okay. Well, they've
0: never, well, they haven't, they won it many, many years ago. And yes, Moneyball, the movie, unbelievably good. Yeah. We mentioned actually before, uh, listen, next week we're gonna have to have a chat into the movies next, okay? That, that will be our segment, uh, oh, fourth segment yeah. next week. Listen, bone up on your movies and be good, okay? Um, lots of stuff going on over stateside what else have you got for us
2: um well the, the antonio brown situation just keeps getting more and more out of hand uh because he got um what well, he got two uh sexual assault allegations in the span of like three days and uh, he was released by new england so that's kind of been the biggest um, thing and and the postseason.
0: But he's been looking for money back because he said that they fired him, but they owe him money. So, of course, this is a guy who came across, he came from the Raiders. He's, he's a bit of his own way of doing things, from, uh, played his football at Central Michigan University. But he's a bit Office, of his own yeah. man. And he, 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 he moved, of course, so like uh, Pittsburgh, went to Raiders, and then, like, basically came in a hot air balloon to the Oakland Raiders and said, I want to leave. Like literally a hot air balloon. So and then he he was like traded across to New England. Didn't even play it down for him and gets fired. So, listen, should he be? Should he get what he's owed? Should he get his money, or is it like is it too late?
2: Uh well, I think that while he can still perform at this level, he should definitely because he said that he's not going to play in an NFL game like ever again. So I think that. That's not really, like, the best decision on his behalf because <laughs> the best thing for his career is to play in the NFL, where the best football players are. But uh, in terms of, like, the money that he's owed, it's a very strange situation, but, like, it's... Nobody really knows what's really going on in that front office except for him and the management of the NFL, so... Well, I mean,
0: exactly. I mean, we don't have Pete, unfortunately. I spoke with Pete uh, yesterday. Of course, he's the uh, he's a Patriots fan. Of course. Um, oh he, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I was ribbing him about that. I there's like a, a lot of Patriots fans
2: in the Russian army. Yeah, yeah,
0: a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, probably one less after tonight if they listen to us. Like <laughs> he'll be he'll be like sent off somewhere. But um, I mean, the, the Patriots are are going very very well. They're playing tonight and they're, they're, they're ahead so far. But I mean. Surely they knew they were signing, you know, um, you know they, they were signing damaged goods. Now, I mean, it's, it, they're, they're playing against the Bills, the Buffalo Bills. It's the third quarter. Um, it's in, but well, there's a two unbeaten teams. It's 13 and 10 for the Patriots. But, I mean, this just shows what the, the Patriots are. They're like, a, I mean, they're not the nicest bunch of people,
2: are they? Oh, well, um, well I've already said everything there sort of is to be said about Boston. But um, the thing about the Patriots is that football isn't designed for dynasties. Because if you the teams that do well, they usually get a tougher schedule every year. But the Patriots have just managed to be good, like, for the past, like, decade. So that's definitely pretty impressive. So the Patriots, they definitely wouldn't be counting them out while Brady's there, that's for sure. Listen, um, we're
0: only a week away from uh, the first toss-up in the NBA. Of course, Houston are playing Shanghai. But it starts, of course, yeah. next uh, Friday, Um and looking down through it, uh, I mean, what, what what do you reckon? I mean, do you think it, it, it's good for Toronto to go all the way again? Um,
2: well, I do think that... Um, I wouldn't say that Toronto really has the best chances of winning the finals, but they definitely are better off than uh, it looks because... It doesn't just take one guy to win the finals, and we still have a lot of young players developing that are going to be great. So I think Toronto is going to do quite well. I'm projecting, uh, like, fifth seed, I think, maybe second round playoffs. But that's pretty much as far as I think they're going to go. Okay, listen. But I g- about, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, the NBA, that yeah, this year, nobody really knows who's going to win. So the past six years it's always been like Gold State or Cleveland so this is actually
0: ok listen uh, alright listen you have a good week we'll talk to you next week so prepare some movies and we'll have a chat about movies the fourth segment next week there go. ok Alex B you there take you it easy ask. and stay warm out right there ok that was Alex B of course all the way from Ontario now Daria's still here with us Daria um, we mentioned already Francesco Totti and not just him but many superstars of world football Vincent Candela Fernando Hierro, they were all here a couple of weeks ago for the Football Heroes Awards. Just what was that?
1: Well, Football Heroes Awards. This was the first edition of Football Heroes Awards, and it was uh, instituted by EFDE. And the idea behind the awards is what I prefer to say is well a bit revolutionary because uh, the football the it is the awards given to the people who contribute to development of football, to its growth, behind the scenes, who are generally not named. Like, for example, we know that the winner of uh, the uh, the winner of the youth league in um, this year was Porto. Yeah, uh,
0: did you wait for Champions League, the youth league? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah the youth league uh, of the well, well, which is a competition for teams under 19. But I think there would be well. There will be very few people who could actually name the name of the head of the Academy of Porto, which is the most important person, which is the person who actually contributed to the growth of these uh, kids. I mean, he and his team, of course. And so the idea behind the awards is to push forward these people who... Uh, who do their best, who put their lives into who dedicate their lives into uh, to football, but uh, who we know very little about who do good, who promote the values of football who um, who actually well who uh, make children inspired with with the sports and uh, the jury of the awards is uh well, I believe the most competent one uh, the jury, are the EFDA members, are the ex-football uh, players, people who know what it is about, who know, uh, who kn- who know football inside out and um, we, we believe we, they are the best to judge. So
0: they're basically the people who have come through the system, worked in the system and basically know where the real heroes are.
1: Exactly. No, I mean
0: we were speaking with that. I mean, so so many awards. I mean, there was the 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 best referee
1: um,
0: was a Russian referee and not a man.
1: Yes, yeah. And I mean, Uh, and
0: and after that, I mean, because we like I interviewed her on the stage and she was absolutely wonderful. And to see and um, we were discussing like what would be, what would you like to referee? She'd referee in the Women's World Cup. She's refereed in. You know, in, in the Women's Champions League as well.
1: Yeah, she was the referee of the Women's Champions League final this But a year. strange
0: thing happened the week before that. A, a, kind of a silly statement from, was it the Russian Football Union or the Russian Premier League? They made a statement and then something happened after the awards.
1: Yes, before it was announced that no female referee would be, um, would be the referee of the games in uh, the First League and the Russian Premier League and the First League as well. Uh, but later on, as far as we know, uh, this uh, this has been changed. And as far as I believe, that Anastasia is getting prepared for for her first game in some serious men's football.
0: Well, I mean, it was great because I mean, there was some real, let's say, shakers and movers, like people from the very, very top, very influential people at those awards. Um, ex locomotive President, of course, he was the one of the top men in Zenit. Um, Ilya Gerkos, he was there as well. So I mean, these are people who see what's going on, who see the quality, like her quality, for example, and they're going to start to try and make changes. So just from those awards alone, you've already broken through a barrier. So, I mean, you must be proud of that. Uh,
1: Well, of course, we are. Well, first of all, it was Anastasia with all her uh, brilliant work. And um, perhaps the awards has served its purpose. It has indicated a true hero. Well, has that's pointed a, uh,
0: yes. Or heroin, even. Oh, so, well, yeah, Sorry. Sure, I mean, yeah. <laughs> just to be gender specific. Um, listen, so many of the people who were there, um, and uh, I mean, there was huge stars there, as I said, of course. Uh, Victoria Lopereva, who was one of the ambassadors for the World Cup in Russia, um, and a lot of famous Russian footballers as well. And there were two terrific, terrific presenters in Ruslan Nikmatulin and uh, Klavo Koka, the uh, singer and um, blogger. Um, how, how hard was it to put together that event? in moscow
1: well um moscow still has this enthusiasm for football which well which is actually when we were choosing the place where to host uh to host the always we thought of oh, we thought of the fact that um uh, before the world cup there are lots of events happening in the country but after the once the world cup is finished uh there is this enthusiasm this um uh, this quench for for football and for football events, but there are well, well, less less of them, of course, happening. So we wanted to use this enthusiasm for football that is um, that is still well, we're still breathing the country, and uh, to host this event here. Um, it was uh, well, uh, as as everything uh, as everything good in life, uh, it, it has been challenging uh but in the end um well I believe that well it uh it went very well, everybody enjoyed it and um since as you have um correctly pointed out, it has already started serving its um uh, well it's its purpose exactly so it 's paid so, off yeah.
0: and said, just just to to, to a question that a lot of our, we've like we we've we'll have we've already questions coming in right now um But simple question, how did you get involved in this? Because this is like a huge organization. You're a girl from Moscow and you're involved with this truly, really, really great, worthwhile organization. How did that come about?
1: Um, Well, uh, I have, well, I started watching football at the age of 14, 13 to be exact. I fell in love with the game and I have always been looking for um, for working in this in this world, and I immensely enjoyed it and once i once I had an opportunity, I jumped at it
0: okay and oh, brilliant i mean um how what uh, one, one question came in uh, i i think it's from female what 's it like to work with Totti?
1: Um, Francesco is a fantastic person you um, speak
0: italian though don 't you
1: yes i yeah, do okay. uh, Francesco is a fantastic person he's the type of person who would um who would apologize coming into a room where he's a star guest? Oh, um, he's quite
0: humble. Yes, he?
1: Okay. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, he's a very, uh, very generous from all points of view, a human being. So he's really well. He's a fantastic person, judging by the fact that uh, he's one of the mm, one of the probably the last magician uh, <laughs> <laughs> because he he's, he he was he's the person who dedicated himself to one club
0: yeah of course one and man club played with AS Roma his whole career yes. qu- question um, what next for uh, the IFDA I mean will there be further events here in Russia because they had like a, a football event as well before the awards so as in like a football match before the awards what else will be held in Russia like can, can you tell us uh, or are there any events planned
1: uh, well, we are organizing different, well events all around the world. So we will be having uh, some events in China, in the Middle East, in Europe as well. So we are working worldwide, uh, but we will not forget Russia, of course. Uh, we are now working on some projects uh, in Russia and in uh, ex-Soviet Union countries as well. So, I hope that um, we'll give you some news very soon.
0: Okay, all right, Darryl. Just say we're going to go to a break right now. Um Double end. There is a score?
2: Yep, yep, there is a score. So
3: Real Sociedad scored one. So in, it turns out that they're standing on the first place in La Liga. They're top of the, the league. Yeah, nice they one. Can okay. maintain
0: the score Very, level. very good. Big, big changes there in La Liga. Okay, we're going into the break right now. So uh, to sort of get you moved in before we talk to Killian O'Connor, this is Hands Up and Merck and Cremont featuring DNC back after the break.
4: Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Hey, I'm standing in the bed we made Guess I never got the part I'm kicking all the sheets away Oh, I'm jumping off a sinking ship I guess I should have been the stars I would have known that it would end like this Oh, well, you never made me decent Oh, you never made me strong Oh, you never let me finish No, you never Down a dead end street Till I let another dragon fly Gonna slip another off her feet Oh I'm tripping off a thinking shit. Guess I should have read the stars I would not let that it wouldn't like this Oh you never made me decent Oh you never made me strong Oh you never let me finish No you never
5: до 12 на
4: 105 и FM. Capital F-M. Capital
2: Слова и выражения, которым вас не учили на уроках английского.
0: Trolley Dolly. Trolley Dolly
4: Объясняет коммерческий директор рекрутинговой компании Люк Джонс, Лондон, Великобритания. Обычно стюардесса – это тролли как тележка, долли как вот девушка. Иногда это тоже может быть на поезде, который приходит и раздает, продает еду, напитки.
0: Trolly dolly. Trolly dolly.
4: Capital School. Capital FM. Back to the music. Now. Capital Sports. With Alan Moore.
0: Okay, welcome back, folks, to part five of Capital Sports here tonight. Um, we were just... I was just looking at that... Trolley Dolly, that last thing, Trolley Dolly. So, Trolley Dolly is such an insulting term, but I won't, I won't go there. Um, I really... Uh, I, don't, I don't like it. Anyway, um, Daria Voshin is here with us. And, Daria, we were, before we came back on air, we were discussing about what things you guys are doing for footballers. So, of course, we spoke about that a lot of these guys you know they're not they don't have life skills and um, they're not tooled up for life so what are you doing to get them kind of like on track?
1: Well, we try first of all well to use to use their skills and the values that they have acquired while they were playing football um, and to get them applied in real life um, They know football through and through, so uh, we organize for them different courses of um, requalification meaning of the pundits in uh, TV shows because speaking is also a skill that has to be acquired and uh, it's not that so everybody is born with it. Then uh, uh, we organize uh, different kind of well, different kind of courses starting from helping when, mm, them with the managerial parts like with the financials because well, sadly uh, there are. St- well, many, many of them are facing financial crisis after they finish uh, their football career. But I won't get into that. uh, That can be a truly sad story. Uh, And we also organise different kind of games uh, around the globe. And this is something uh, that I'm particularly fond of because it is an opportunity for, uh, for the football players who have never played, for example, in China... Uh, because, well, they didn't have a chance. There is no way a Portuguese national team or um, an Italian-England national team can go to China to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, when We're speaking about the... Uh, not now. When, like you know, 20, yeah, 30 years like ago. 20, exactly. 30, or, or even 10 years ago, there, were, there was no practice of football clubs uh, making, organizing tours in, in America or in China. And it is, uh, it is an opportunity for the football players to see their fans that they have never seen and for the fans to see the players they have never seen uh, live on pitch. So um, it is a truly um, enchanting moment because when you get a stand innovation uh, in, uh, in Asia, um, it, is, uh, well, it is a very particular feeling because... Um, but the, and for the football players, even though they don't come on pitch, even though some of them say that they are tired of football, to get back that that atmosphere is, uh, well, it's really, really... It's something that they cherish. It's something that they really like.
0: That sounds perfect. Sounds and
1: uh, Well, we try to organise the games as well so that they can contribute to, to the good meaning, uh, to the charity... Uh, for example, uh, one of the games, one of the big games that we organized this year was um, in Rome on the 2nd of June. Uh, there was a game of um, Pro 6, uh, which is a 6-6 six to six game, uh, very intense. It is um, a kind of sport that we, we, we are promoting because... Mm, because this is the kind of sport where the legends, the ex-football players can show the It's not 11 a
0: side, so they, they, yes. can, they, they have the legs for like a small-sided game.
1: Yes, and, they and, have the boards.
0: And, oh, the board, okay, so it's kind of like, okay, it's yes. like boarded.
1: So there are practically no pauses in the game. The game is very intense. Um, they don't have, um, the, the players don't have to run. Which means that they, um, well, it is not so physically exhausting as the 11 to 11 uh, game. And this is something, well, it is a show, to be honest. And we organized such kind of show in uh, Rome on the 2nd ju- of June, and it was for the good cause. Um, the part of the uh, um, income from the game was donated to the Bambino Gesù Hospital.
0: Oh, good. Okay, yeah. it's the children's hospital. Yes,
1: uh, j- yeah, in yeah. yeah. And uh, it was, well, an all-stars game because it was um, Francesca Totti France versus Luis Figueroa France. Okay. <laughs> um, the project named the, uh, the Knight of the King very very um, good so it was really um, it is really well it is a show that does the good and also that is immensely enjoyed by the players
0: perfect truly good good cause listen Daria Voloshina Com- Com- Communications Director for IFDA and General Director of the GLS Agency here in Moscow thank you very very much for your time
1: you're welcome thanks okay. to you okay
0: so we're going to go across right now to our rugby correspondent Killian O'Connor Killian you're you you had a cold shower before you come on air, so you're ready and able for us.
3: Absolutely, but I don't think there's a a, a cold shower in Ireland that could um, wake us up from the nightmare that was Japan. Oh my Christ! I tell you, listen. I
0: I I mean, having having worked in Europe, from Jeremy to Croatia, Bosnia, Serbia, and here in Russia and in the Baltics, I was certain that that Ireland sold that game. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm this is what I felt this is what I felt
3: am I wrong well you know I, I'm, I'm I'm certain there, there are a lot of work-ons and uh, and learnings that Ireland can take from, from that game Alan. ok where did it all go wrong for Ireland it wasn't ok they arrested some players but Ireland are
0: still good enough they're number one team in the world for God's sake they're taking on Japan hosts or not they should still be putting up at least 30-40 points on them shouldn't they
3: yeah, I think, personally, I think the where I went wrong was four years ago. Um, we weren't good enough four years ago. Joe Schmidt even said after a Japanese game that one of the things he, he felt was that we didn't have the the strength and depth that was required and that that was put in the quarterfinals four years ago. You know, having, having to blood uh, out half against Japan in a World Cup and I think he, uh, Jack Carty only played one 80-minute uh, game at half previously for Ireland. That is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, um, it showed at the end, Cillian. <laughs> when, when Ireland
0: could have... I mean, they had the ball. So the ball was not going to go dead. or The, ball, the game was going to end until the ball went dead. And Carty got the ball and just kicked it into touch to get a losing bonus yeah. point. What the I mean, hell was that about?
3: I, I suppose um, just... Joey Carberry was the the one who kicked out. Oh, Joey Carberry! Excuse me,
0: not that Carter, Sorry, sorry.
3: But but I I I suppose they were trying to you know consolidate to losing a bonus point. But you know if if you're realistically trying to contend for a World Cup, would New Zealand do that? Would South Africa do that when they're losing by seven and could still draw a game? They wouldn't. Fiji wouldn't do it. Um, Samoa
0: <laughs> wouldn't do it. God. Damn it, Russia wouldn't do it. And I mean, come on, it's just like, it was just so, so defeatist. And what, what puzzles me, and a lot of realists listeners might not know this, but uh, our coach, uh, Joe Smith, he's from uh, New Zealand. Great coach, good guy, realistic, and so on and so forth. But he already said quite a while ago that he's leaving the job after the World Cup. So he's a dead man walking. This is like a lame duck coach. He's a zombie coach.
3: I, I wouldn't go that far. I I think most people in in Ireland were kind of probably hoodwinked and thought that uh, believe in their own hype that we had a good chance to work up before Saturday, and maybe Saturday was a huge eye opener. I I it's probably the best thing that could happen with them because they'll definitely go go to the quarterfinals, probably still with any bit of hope avoid the All Blacks, uh, get <laughs> South Africa who are. Pretty poor, um, you know. I, I, I suppose one of the things that we may or may not get into is that you know, realistically, there's only eight or nine teams that play rugby, and that can fund um, a, a team that can actually um, go to a World Cup and perform. Um, no, no kind of slight on Japan, but they're 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 not contenders, and they will. I don't think they'll beat Scotland, I think Scotland will probably beat them with a bonus point and possibly consign uh, Japan to uh, an early exit like England when they host the World Cup four years ago. Um, It's probably the best thing that could happen to Joe Schmidt and and Ireland, they're they're complete underdogs and nobody is talking about them as serious contenders. And they're gonna waltz into the, the quarterfinals. They're gonna be underdogs because of what they've done. Um no matter how many points they're gonna put on Samoa uh or Russia. Um and and you know, it's it's not as if, you know, like you said, Joe Schmidt is leaving. There's no um, there's no kind of expe- there's a lot of expectation but that has completely diminished since Saturday morning's uh, upset and uh, you know it, it's very strange having having lost to Japan to come out and say that we're possibly in a better position
0: well I mean, no, I, mean I, I think Ireland always play better as underdogs okay that's, that, that, that's just a fact now we know that tomorrow Scotland are playing Samoa that's a 1.15 kickoff here in Moscow Scotland should win that. I mean, it can't be as bad as were against Ireland, but you never know. But when you look today, Wales, Wales beat like, you know, Wales beat Australia. Um, Georgia, our neighbours here, they, they they put 30 points up on Uruguay. U- Uruguay pulled off the shock of the week for me. I mean, I think that that all the shocks, they played a beautiful brand of rugby. So you have Wales winning. Of course, England continue to win. They hammered poor old USA the other day. But you've got Scotland tomorrow. Now, Scotland win that. Um, and... All of a sudden, you
3: kind of look around and go, "Come on, you have to beat them. Samoa." Samoa are no easy team as well, though. Yeah, they're not. But uh, I think one of the things that you you mentioned, like you mentioned Uruguay and you mentioned George against Uruguay, but the I think it's a is it was it a four day turnaround? It's absolutely ludicrous when yeah. you think of the the physicality involved in a in a rugby game,
0: especially especially when you Fiji, think,
3: you know. But, but especially, like let's say, for Georgia and Uruguay, their, their players aren't, maybe even Fiji, they aren't to the same level as the, the players in their group at Australia and Wales, who are very used to playing huge games week in, week out, and bouncing back. <laughs> like yeah. you're, the, the last time Uruguay played uh, at Tier 1 Nation was four years ago in the World Cup and the next time they'll play a Tier 1 Nation will be four years' time in a World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. I mean, they're playing this like the, the, the league that includes,
0: like, the Argentina B team and so on. Like, I mean, in, like it's, it's, it's a mess. Now, listen, looking ahead, Ireland on a Thursday, of course, are playing uh, our home nation here, Russia. Now, Russia have lost their last five. Um, uh, you know, Ireland were in decent-ish form coming into this, despite the, the walping they got against England in Twickenham. That, that game kicks off on Thursday, 1.15 Moscow time, so lunchtime. Should any locals bother using their lunch break to go and watch that match with a bit of hope?
3: No. Okay, all right, that was it, good. It's, it, 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 it's going to be a while. Like, there's in, in, you, know, you, you saw it when Man City, you know, to use a kind of analogy, Man City got beaten, bounced back with 8-0 um, of Watford. Ireland are going to just rack up the points you'd expect. Now, everyone thought they'd beat Japan, so let's not hope uh, too much, but they're going to win <laughs> with a bonus point and just move on. Because, um, I mean, this is the second time they met in the World Cup. They, they met in the World Cup um, um, eight years ago, wasn't
0: it? It wasn't eight years ago, 2011. Um, Ireland played Russia as well. And Ireland won. They won well. They, was that right? It was eight years ago, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. I i suppose with with any team it's you know maybe less so for ireland but uh if we go back to let's say uruguay georgia and um, namibia canada like can you can you push amateurs up against players from new zealand or south africa who you know rugby is their be-all and end-all and surely there has to be a, a some kind of a health and safety issue in, involved for players that are amateurs going up against um, players that, you know, bench press, probably double their weight, uh, <laughs> you know, every day they go into a gym. OK, did, OK, there's three questions now before we go. away,
0: I have three questions for you. First one is this. Um, You're talking about that, like, so there's eight, well, say eight, maybe nine nations at the top of World Rugby who can compete with each other. Okay, so that's that is a fact. That's just a fact Um, because we're we're waiting like this. This tournament won't end until November. So we still have all of October to go. So should it not just be brought down to eight nations and kind of a, a conveyor belt system into it? I mean, is this just a waste of time right now?
3: Yeah, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love that?
0: Well, I'd be you know, afraid Ireland would get relegated. It, would get, <laughs> it would
3: get rid of the next two weeks that are completely pointless. Um, apart from maybe deciding who, who qualifies between Argentina and France, whoever. Um, probably probably France. You can't see England losing both those games. Um, and if it comes down to a head-to-head, France have it over Argentina. But yeah, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. Like You could rewind to 1987 and it's the exact same teams that are uh, competitive. No one has come through. You could say Argentina uh, have come through since then. But on the other hand, Fiji, Samoa have waned since the the dawn of professionalism, and nothing's been done. Where rugby have continuously said that you know they've they've put money in coaches into Fiji, who are the kind of leading example of the Pacific Islands. But you know they can't tackle. They can't kick. Um, what are those poachers doing? Exactly. Well, look, uh, you know, that, sure that's it. it. It's, it's, it's,
0: it's be- and basically all these players then end up being, um, you know, sold off into bondage in Australia, New Zealand, turning up playing for England, playing for Japan. Japan had what? Thirteen of their thirty-one man squad not Japanese. Their captain is Australian or New Zealand. I mean, it's okay. I, I, okay. Um, the other thing before we, we, before the World Cup, we discussed the the issue around doping. Um, And it was kind of brushed under the carpet very, very quickly because we saw the picture of the South African team just absolutely ripped, I mean, ripped to pieces. Um, Is that what these smaller nations have to compete with? Do they have to try and get to that level as well in terms of the physical and the chemical performance to get there?
3: Well, you know, I I suppose when when the question was asked of uh, World Rugby about whether there was a, a... a problem in doping within the sport, and um, they kind of fobbed it off. But at the same time, do you in the UK? It's probably I, it is the biggest sport that with the most athletes serving bans for doping. Uh, but so but, they but they're all amateurs. Problem? They're all amateurs, or they're like junior players. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's mental. But, <laughs> Killian, but then to answer your question, then it, it's an even worse possibility because uh, those teams that you mentioned are all but amateurs oh there you go there you go listen Gillian, thank you so so much for giving your time we're going to get back
0: to you before the end of the World Cup as well because you've got a brilliant take on, on rugby you're just you're, you're the kind of guy we need in the show listen thank you so much and uh, fingers crossed that we'll have a good game on Thursday brilliant okay thank you that was Gillian O'Connor uh, our rugby correspondent so we're going to go wait to the break right now because we're, we're running over time so this is No More and Prince Karma back after the break
5: Sports with Alan Moore. She just left her boyfriend. Won't be lied to again. Any problem, she solves 'em on the floor. Boys are dancing closer. She just wants a closure. Any move they make, she don't take no more. Drinking those fields, go down like water. Nobody's really gonna try to stop her spinning her wheels. She gets music Anything between her and Cold Weaver. She don't wanna see him. She got every reason. Body dance all nights in her heart for gay. Drinking those fields.
2: И выражение, которым вас не учили на уроках английского.
6: Tart Fuel. Tart Fuel.
4: Объясняет коммерческий директор рекрутинговой компании Люк Джонс, Лондон, Великобритания. Какой-то напиток. Алкоголь, чтобы спаивать с девушку, чтобы она стала более доступна, да?
6: Tart Fuel. Tart Fuel.
4: Capital Back to the music now. Capital Sports
0: with Alan Moore. Okay, folks, welcome back to part six. Yeah, I was going to say part three, but it's part six of our show tonight. Um, just, I mean, with, with, with Daria, that's that was a brilliant initiative. Yeah, like, the, exactly, what they're doing is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was, I honestly, I was honored to take part in the in the in the whole event and the people who were there were just so positive and there's people from from Africa, from Asia who were just doing so much good work and for me it was just like you know these are the people that need to be rewarded so uh, it's good so we're going to get affairs? Andy yep. on the phone right now so we'll get yep. Andy Mack on the phone okay. in just a moment so I'll give a quick score update folks because we know again Big, big changes at the top of La Liga in Spain. I think you'll all be happy about that. And by the way, before I, go, I, I, I check this score out, if Sevilla had pulled the goal back, the, um, the situation right now is that we have six people have agreed with me with Roy Keane. Six. Yeah, six. That's quite a bit. Um, and two people said Massimo Carrera. And we, she has escaped. But someone said, can you ask the lady? Uh, Daria obviously Daria Voloshina Um, who is going to take over because she obviously knows as well we 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 won't have it away so a score update from Seville from Sevilla it is 1-1 Yes, Sevilla have equalised. So, we're sitting on top of the table for just a little while, but there's still, it's it's about 44 minutes gone in the first half. So, we won't be on air by the time the, the game finishes, of course, but um, well, we can check it out. Now, remember, tomorrow evening, um, big game on tomorrow, of course, is Man United and Arsenal. And as we were discussing earlier on, this is huge. United need to win this one. Um, as Peter Stanton says... You know, Ollie could be on his own quite soon. They could be on, he could be on the way out the door, just like Mr. Con enough. Maybe Ollie will come here. Maybe Ollie could go to Man United. He can't do any worse. Okay, so that game kicks off tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Now, I did mention the uh, rugby, which, of course, is coming up. Um, it's well back on tomorrow. So, Scotland playing Samoa tomorrow. Now, if you want to have a look at, let's just say, a, a decent little bit of rugby, a good bit of a game one that's like, like some fair hitting in especially the Samoans they call them headhunters because they're, they're really really tough like warriors and they love to hit people they're playing Scotland tomorrow it's one fifteen. now Scotland as we know they got beaten by Ireland um, Samoa you know Samoa need to go and they need to win this game because um, if they don't then they're going to be in trouble okay it'll be tough with them against Japan but we'll see what's going to happen um, now another little bit of uh, football gossip that we had just a little bit earlier on and I wanted to ask Peter about this but I, I just didn't want to put him on the spot because I know where this comes from and I know that he has a real insight on this but we couldn't uh, say it. So uh, Kaizuki Honda uh, yes people know who he is 33 years of age he is uh, out of contract right now he was playing in Australia as far as I remember in Melbourne I think it was um, he has asked Manchester United to take him yes imagine that so Kaizuki Honda. Uh, very, very good player in his day. We're 33 years of age right now. Uh, he is... Well, he's looking to uh, get a job. Um, now, Juve are looking... Okay, they're trying to get the... Um, they're looking to try and get Emery Chan sort um, to bring him back into the the, the mix in the Juve team. Because, of course, the, uh, the excellent football player. Um, he kind of wanted to go to PSG. Uh, didn't work out. So, basically, you know, he... Um, He's kind of like, he's lost a bit of face there, but we're trying to get him back in. Now, one thing, we we're discussing not too long ago bit, David De Gea, the uh, United's goalkeeper. His contract, of course, is up in, uh, is up in, I think it is, his own coach, his personal goalkeeping coach has left. Now, he said basically that he has been getting blamed and it's not fair, so he's quit Manchester United it looks like David De will be on the way out as well. So 1-1 in that game still at half time right now. And we have Andy on the line? Yep. Okay, Andy Mack, you're back. How are you doing? Very good. How are you guys? All right. What was that sound? <laughs> what happened just now? Did you sit on something sharp or pointy? Um, if I did,
7: I won't admit it on the radio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, Andy Mack, um, big question. Bartak are now coachless. I've I've proposed ex-Celtic star Roy Keane should take over the reins. What do you reckon?
7: I mean, if he's within the budget, I think, um, I I, I do think they maybe need to look for um, a little bit of an international edge to attract the players again. I mean, there's there's too much change. If, If Roy Keane comes in, doesn't fit what's going on, I think questions need to be asked, not about who the coach is at the moment i think there needs to be an internal look within their own windows as to why there's so much so much change so that why turnover is happening so quickly before they go and appoint uh, someone rashly um keen could be an interesting one um but i don't see him staying longer than six months whether that's because he fails to deliver results or he's going to be too abrupt for the people upstairs it's, it's, it's a tricky one but I, I certainly think they need to maybe bring in um, a, a foreign coach to try and attract a few players in um, because they're only four points above relegation right now and it's, it's looking quite
0: serious. Who would you suggest? Who would you suggest, Andy? Like, I mean, because you, you, you are very, very well read on the coaches who might be tempted in. So, who would you suggest or who would you recommend if Lina Spaduna is listening tonight? He's, you know, he, he wants to try and get Massimo Carrera back in just for his own ego but who would you suggest should come in?
7: Well, I think Carrera would probably be a bad idea. I don't think I would, I'd, be, I'd be looking backwards, although he did a fantastic job. Um, it's a difficult one because all of the coaches that you sort of think to yourself right now, OK, they might, they might fit the bill. Have Spartak got money? I, I've certainly heard um, inklings of change within uh, um, the structure of the club, that they want supporters to take over more of the shares. Uh, to be a bigger part of that whether that's them trying to push some of the budget onto the fans to to, to encourage people to come in I mean Keane would be cheap um, in terms of finding a British coach I think it's going to be expensive um, and even, even Keane without a great deal of experience I, I think would, it would be struggling for their budget in terms of who they could bring in oof, I think it needs to be an old but I, I, I don't want to put um money with my mouth is in terms of who they might actually bring in but I'd, I'd, I'd be saying a very experienced coach probably probably European rather than British
0: Sam Allardyce <laughs> uh,
7: well he might be able to keep them up
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly big Sam well I mean he, he, he has uh, the contacts in the agency world so you never know um, okay listen um, moving oh, away from oh. that right now <laughs> sorry um Quick, before we, we, we ask about tips Tomorrow, Scotland are in a do or die Against the headhunters from Samoa Now, luckily, they're facing all of Samoa Because, of course, we remember when Wales were beaten by just western Samoa So it's even harder for, um, for, 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 for your boys tomorrow But Scotland, I mean, their are odds on to win that And to finish at least second in the group Or maybe even first if Ireland mess up again
7: um, I, I think Scotland should beat Samoa and Russia. Um, I think it's important that they don't get dragged into a, a rugby sevens game. Um, so I think they, made, they, they need to make it nitty and gritty. Wales did today. They, they sort of wasted away um, a moment of that game where it was looking like Australia were, were going to win and they sort of had this phase of six minutes where they were scrumming and rucking and, and, and making it dirty and grinding it out. And I think that's where Scotland will, will make... Or force mistakes on tomorrow, and I, I think it should be. I don't think it will be a big win, but I think it will be comfortable.
0: Okay, well, that, that, that's fair enough. Okay, um, are you still sticking with your 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 picks for the world for the rugby world cup, or have you changed in terms of who's going to win? Yeah.
7: No, I still think New Zealand at this point in time. <laughs> Although there might be a few people now backing Japan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good, very good. Well, I mean, OK. Um, listen, moving uh, not that far away from Japan and a little bit closer to you, I guess. Um, in Qatar, the World Athletics Championships are taking place. Now, we know that Seb Coe was basically given, um, they should say, a, a very soft soap, soft and soapy interview uh, by the Sunday Times or the Times of England saying about how much, he's, how much good he's done and so on and so forth, even while people are still being found out to have been you know, dodgy and paying this and paying that and taking bribes for the events to be held. It, it, it's so bad in Qatar that the, uh, the marathon, of course, the 26-mile race, had to be run in the early hours of the morning because of the heat and the humidity.
7: And it was still about thirty-eight hours, uh, thirty-eight Celsius or something, wasn't it? It was absolutely exactly. Ridiculous. And
0: how many how many uh, runners had to pull out? I think it was twenty-eight had to be hospitalised after the race.
7: Yeah, I mean, at, at, at that point, it's it's a really difficult one for organisers as to whether you cancel it or not. But you are endangering people of having to run that distance. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's an eye-opener ahead of the World Cup as to, to whether they are going to have to be a bit more careful with kickoff times and certainly how many water breaks they're going to introduce but well, unfortunately in a running race you can't have everyone stop for a water break.
0: Yeah, I mean like 28 athletes couldn't finish yeah. Okay, th- that happens. That happens because they, these people aren't just jogging and sort of wearing a funny tracksuit and a dressed up like I don't know Postman Pat or Baron the Dinosaur um, or Masha and, and the Bear. They're, they're, they're running flat out like they're flying. So 68 starters in the women's race 28 failed to complete um, but there wasn't a Paula Radcliffe among them
7: you mean nobody peed at the side
0: or worse yeah exactly <laughs> listen um, <laughs> Mr. Coleman who we discussed here before who had uh, dodged a number of tests then got off in a technicality um, that we, we Louise Carver explained why so this like sprinter from America he won the, uh, the, 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 the 100 metres uh, final yesterday Uh, He's now the sixth fastest time uh, in the world, but he's still not close to Usain Bolt. Should I answer a question? (laughs) Uh, uh, Your opinion, maybe.
7: (laughs) Um, I I think it's disgraceful that that a test hasn't been done. um, And I think in retrospect, having run that time, they now should be vigorously testing him and not allowing it if, if he's going to dodge it uh it, it's as simple as that if, if, if athletes are going to get close to world records i know it's not that close in terms of a of a sprint anymore but i mean when 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 you are hitting almost record times th- th- there has to be question marks and clearly um either people don't want it done or they are ignoring the facts um i mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a money-driven sport as well and they have to have big names coming through to keep it going in the same way that tennis might go through this phase where once Nadal and Federer and Murray and Djokovic go who comes next in okay. terms of revenue and money
0: that's true and when Serena goes what's going to happen like you know um, ok listen moving away onto tips we have the Champions League in Europe back in this week Loco are hosting Atletico Madrid there are a few tickets left for that uh, for game on Tuesday um, kick off ten o'clock here. Loco Atletico, Athletic Madrid. I mean, I mean, Atletico. They they drew the uh, the the Madrid derby. Loco beat Zenit, but you're still looking at Atletico to just have that little bit too much for for the Moscow boys.
7: It's all about getting off to a good start. I mean, I think Atletico away from home will be set up quite defensively anyway, um, and they will want locomotive to attack. I think if locomotive can make sure that they're that they're still in the game, twenty, thirty minutes in, and once they've settled in, and sort of got a, uh, a grasp on the game, I, I don't at home. I don't see why they've got a chance. So therefore, if you're in Moscow tomorrow, uh, sorry, not tomorrow, Tuesday, um, go and support them, get behind them, because they've got a really good chance. Atletico Madrid <laughs> and a few of the Spanish teams are really stumbling at the moment, and this is a great opportunity for Lokomotiv to get one foot in the door. European football after Christmas.
0: Listen, that's a great idea. That's a great point because it is the case that they caught Bayer at a bad time and they took took advantage yeah, of it. So, same thing. Um, okay, Zenit Benfica, of course, that game is on Wednesday. Zenit, like, Zenit should do okay. Benfica are good but you, you, you'd look at Zenit to at least get a draw of on that one, wouldn't you?
7: You would hope so at home. I mean, certainly, Benfica actually have quite a good record um, against Zenit but out of their three encounters, Zenit have won two and lost one um, on on home soil. Um, I think it will be a high scoring affair because I think Benfica can't really defend, um, and Zenit Zenit will will go for it. Um, so it should be an interesting game, and I hope I hope Zenit get the goals um, in the first half to, to to maybe relieve a little bit of pressure on them because um, obviously losing against locomotive will have been a massive blow to them. And they need to get they need to get themselves in the right mindset quickly. Otherwise, Benfica have some really good players. Although they've lost a few, Joao Felix, the obvious one, um, they do have some dangerous players and very experienced players too.
0: So you're looking over two goals for that one, would you?
7: I would say so. Yeah, i I'd, I'd, I'd be. I mean, the the previous three meetings they've had in St Petersburg have produced nine goals. So on average, you're looking at over two point five there.
0: OK, over 2.5. OK, um, a bit closer here to home on Thursday at 8 o'clock our time here. Um, CSKA are playing Espanyol. That that, that 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 could be the wrong time for CSKA because they're, they're top of course of the, the Russian league. Um, but Espanol are a decent enough side as well. But they, they, they might get something out of it, couldn't they?
7: Yeah, Espanyol are uh, um, a very, very good side, actually, away from home probably more than they are at home. Uh, which is a strange one. I don't think they've lost a game on on the road um, since they lost to Barcelona back in March. Um, so, certainly CSKA shouldn't underestimate them. They're a weird team, Espanyol. Um, they've got a few players that um, perhaps a few Russian or, or, or Ukrainian viewers will be familiar with. in Fekunda Ferreira, who used to play um, in, in Ukraine for Shakhtar. Uh, he's a big danger. Vargas as well up front. So, Espanol have got goals and CSKA have to make sure that they, that they sort that defence out after the Ludogoric shambles. Okay. Um, so, I think the first goal in that will be vital.
0: Okay. Listen, that's good. Okay. Um, Andy, thank you so, so much. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the rest of your holidays and, uh, well, whatever you're sitting on, you don't need to tell us.
1: <laughs> thanks
0: guys thanks Andy okay that was Andy Max so again over 2.5 in that Zenit game and local to at least you know maybe get a draw with that game with uh, you go. okay we're going to go away for the week double end